Assalamu alaikum. It is Thursday, the 21st of October 2021. And in our series, The Reflections on the Holy Quran, this is broadcast number 268. And uh, for the last week or so we've been discussing chapter 2 verse 93 and this is the 12th broadcast in that series in which we will look at the last word of this chapter and hopefully from Monday we'll start considering the words of the next verse of the Holy Quran. Um, tomorrow we have uh, Friday sermon being broadcast at uh, 1300 hours in English and uh, on Saturday on a WhatsApp group called uh, Pure Discussions we'll have a broadcast uh, at uh, 1400 hours UK time and then Monday. Just to remind you that uh, uh, these broadcasts are brought to you by the Lahore MDA community, which was founded by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed. And Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed taught us that although some people want to bring another prophet after the Holy Prophet Muhammad, the Holy Quran has said that the Holy Prophet was Khatmun Nabiyin. And the Holy Prophet said, Ara Khatmun Nabiyin, La Nabiyabadi. Aib Khatmun Nabiyin, there is no prophet after me. So now no prophet can come, whether an old one or a new one. This worried the companions of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, who said, O Prophet of Allah, that in previous ummas, when a prophet uh, died it didn't take them long to transgress so what will happen to muslims and the holy prophet muhammad said that uh, allah will raise mujaddideen reformers to guide muslims back to the straight path the right path and of course when that happens differences will arise not everyone is going to accept what the mujaddid is saying so what is the position of these people who refuse to accept this mujaddid and the holy prophet sorted it out by saying that if one reciter of the kalima says to another reciter of the kalima that you are not a Muslim, then it is the person saying it who is closer to heresy. So whether you are on the wrong path or the right path, 
whether you accept him or you don't accept him, God will decide. You'll have to account for what you did and what you believed and so on, but eventual decision is with Allah. He will decide. Hazrat Ghulam Ahmad also taught us that um, although people say some prophetic revelation such as Ayah Rajam and Surah Walayat have been missed out from the Holy Quran. This is untrue. God has said that I am revealing it and I will guard it. So that means that all the prophetic revelation that the Holy Spirit brought to the Holy Prophet Muhammad is with us in the form of the Quran. There is nothing missing. And he also said that uh, some people say that some verses of the Holy Quran have been abrogated. And he said this is completely wrong. No verse of the Holy Quran was, is or ever shall be abrogated. They're all effective and applicable. And he stressed Jihad as the duty of every Muslim. But Jihad as defined by the Holy Prophet Muhammad, not the Jihad defined by some jurist or uh, some scholar or some theological seminary. When returning from fighting, the Holy Prophet Muhammad said that Muslims were coming from the minor Jihad and coming back to the major jihad. And then he explained that the major jihad is a struggle, a struggle to control your own inner self, your ego, your desires. That, he said, is the real jihad. So, as I said, we are going to look at um, verse 93 of chapter 2. So let's turn to that. A'udhu billahi minash shayyipanir rajeeb Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Wa iz akhazna mithaqakum wa rafaqna fawqakumud pur Kuzu ma ataynakum بِقُوَّةٍ <تصفيق> And when we made a covenant with you and raised the mountain above you, 
take hold of that which we have given you with firmness and obey. They said, we hear and disobey. And they were made to imbibe the love of the calf into their hearts on account of their disbelief. Say, evil is that which your faith bids you if you are believers. And today we are going to look at the last word, mukmini. So let's go to my notes and see what we find. This word, first of all, its root is Tamzamim Noon. And uh, <clears throat> words based on that uh, root occur 879 times in the Holy Quran in 17 different formats. So we have 537 times, we have Amana. And then 202 times, we have the word Mu'min. And then 45 times, we have the noun Iman. And then 22 times, the word Mu'minat. And then 20 times the word Amina. And what else do we have? 20 times, 20 times, 14 times the adjective Amin. And 10 times Aminin. And 6 times Mu'minat. And six times also as Amin. So these are, and then other occurrences are uh, once or twice. For example, four times we have Amanat, and twice we have Amanat. Amanat. Etc. So, and uh, so Hamza Mimnoon, Urdu speaking friends will know Aman. So, Al Aman actually means that you're completely at ease. You're not afraid of anything, you're not anxious about anything, you're not stressed by anything. So, both outwardly and inwardly, and particularly inwardly, you are at peace. And that means that uh, there is a, there is no fear in your heart. So it also implies 
that you do things which make others feel safe so that they are unafraid as well they don't have fear as well because this is what you have done i mean an example is the verse of atakaba in the holy quran avalam yarau avalam yarau anna ja'alna haraman amina can't you see god says allah says can't you see that i made haram a piece of a place of peace so once you were there once you were there then you're not afraid of anything and uh, <clears throat> see the problem is this that people try and trick allah what are you unafraid of once you've been to kaaba you're not afraid of what's going to happen in the hereafter because you've accounted for your deeds but people try and trick god see people say well unless i lie and i cheat and so on um you know i i can't be a successful businessman i can't run a business why not the holy prophet muhammad was a trader we say we should follow sunnah then we should follow his sunnah that he was honest he traded honestly wasn't he successful he was very successful but once he had been entrusted with something and hazrat khadija said you know i give you i don't know whatever it is or this amount of money to go and buy stuff from uh, syria or wherever bring it back so we can sell it at a profit he was satisfied he was unafraid that he wasn't going to run away with the money he was going wasn't going to do anything wrong with the money he was going to do what he was told and you see that is what brings you peace there were two friends and one had been to hajj and the other one hadn't been to hajj and someone said near Uh, to this person well you know uh, you are friends you went to school together etc and uh, but your friends been to hajj why didn't you go to hajj together and this uh, this person said well the thing is you see that my friends kids are older than mine they've taken over his business he doesn't need to lie and cheat anymore he can be holy but my kids are young i'm still running my business i still have to lie and cheat and i'm waiting until my kids grow up so that i can stop lying and cheat that is not 
being pure, that is not being a moment. Because once you've given up your business, you don't need to lie and cheat. The thing is, you tell the truth, you don't lie. When? Lying may lead to a loss. Just think about the uh, the bat, the oath you have to take. What's the most important part of that oath? It's, it, all of it is important. But think about this sentence. I shall hold my religion above, above my worldly benefits, affairs, whatever. So that means if I'm going to suffer a loss by speaking the truth, by being honest, then that is what I will do. That is what being a Mormon is about. And I'm proud to say that this is what Ahmadis were famous for. I personally know of an example that um, yeah, a family were moving to the UK and they were selling their furniture. And someone they knew, his colleague, wanted some furniture. So he said, you know, his people I know, they're selling furniture and go and have a look. If you like it, fine. So this guy came and he looked at the furniture and someone, and there was this uh, dressing table in a corner. And he went and he looked it round and pulled out the drawers and all this kind of thing. And he said, I want to make you an offer. But the person said, no, you have missed a defect in this table. He said, sorry, he said, you've missed a defect. You've looked all the way around. So the dressing table was pulled away from the wall and it was pointed out to him that one of the legs was weak. It couldn't bear the burden, the weight. That was why it had been pushed into the corner. And he was told, well, now that you know that, you know everything about this item, now make me but that man was absolutely staggered. He was staggered. And he said he had heard stories of MDs being honest, but he had never believed them. Because he couldn't believe that any people could be and honest to that degree. But he said, how can he deny, how can he deny what he has heard and what he has seen? He said there would be no blame on that family if they hadn't told him about the leg because they put the item in front of him and said, have a look. 
have a look. Make an offer. If he missed something, that was down to him. In English we say, boy, beware. In Persian they say, mushtari hushar bashan, which is the same thing. It's for the buyer to make sure. But the, the seller said, I noticed you missed a defect. Look at it, then make me an offer. See, this is why and how that man would not be afraid that if he buys something, it's going to be in a defective condition. Or, you know, they are hiding something that is wrong with it, a major defect or something. You know, I mean, all of us have had this, you know, you want to buy something, you know, like a car or whatever, and uh, the seller is polishing it and cleaning it and vacuuming it and so on, so that it looks impressive. Never mind how it performs. But now that buyer was satisfied, contented that whatever he has bought from these people, and that is what we should be doing. That is, that is what makes you a moment. The, 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 the Holy Quran says it, uh, in a verse that you say you become Muslims. You say you have Iman. Don't say you have Iman because Iman hasn't True faith hasn't entered your hearts yet. Say, we've just become Muslims. Because once faith, Iman, based on exactly the same root, once that enters your heart, then worldly considerations fly out. And this is why, Hazrat Sam stressed, I will hold my religious, my religion above my worldly considerations of profit and loss and whatever else it might be. So that I am contented and I am putting at others, putting others at their ease. They need not fear. I'm not afraid and they need not fear. So Iman, belief, is not just, you know, we believe and uh, everything is hunky-dory and you can do uh, whatever uh, you want and there'll be no accountability. Belief should enter your heart. And belief should Enter your heart. How? So that worldly considerations leave your heart. God, in uh, one place in the uh, uh, Holy Quran, it is God 
is uh, said to be, I'm looking for that verse of the Holy Quran. Um, <clears throat> it's chapter 23, verse 59. The same word is used for God. Al-Mumin. What does that mean? People say, you know, be afraid of God and so on. And God says, I'm Al-Mumin. I keep everyone safe. I keep everything safe. But also that you shouldn't fear me. I make you unafraid. If you depend on me, then you needn't fear anything else or anyone else. And by saying this, God says, that I'm taking the responsibility of protecting you. I'm taking the responsibility on my shoulders of protecting the whole of the universe. But that protection lasts if you abide by the law that I have created. If fire is going to burn you, and you put your hand in the fire, it's going to get burned. It may be that if you pray to God, that he brings into effect, into motion, some law that we don't know about, which negates that quality of the fire. But in the normal course of events, it will burn you. But the question is this, you see, if when applied to God, this word means that he is a being who will be, who will protect the whole of the universe and the Holy Quran says, color yourself in Allah's colors. Should we too not be doing the same thing? Color ourselves in God's colors so he protects the universe and everything in it and we do the same thing. And do we do that? But importantly, I think, and I repeat this, I think I've already mentioned this. But importantly, what it means is that if someone is going to protect you, are you going to be afraid of that thing? Or are you going to love and cherish it? You know, if someone says, come with me, we're going into the jungle, but I'll protect, protect you from all the lions and tigers and everything else. What will be your reaction? Fear? Or gratefulness for that person? Affection for that person? So I don't understand when God tells us that he has taken upon his shoulders the responsibility of protecting us as long as 
we follow his laws. Why people say, you know, you should fear him. And if you're going to ask why this condition that we should follow the law, then, you know, the answer is very simple. You're feeling ill, you go to the doctor and he prescribes some medication to you. He says, take rest, plenty of rest and plenty of fresh air and whatever and eat this and don't eat that and take this medicine three times a day. Now, if we don't do it, If we don't do it, will our health be protected or will, will we get worse? Which one is it? It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. It's no different. These are my rules. If you follow them, then you needn't be afraid. Just like the doctor says, you know, take daily exercise, do this, do that, whatever. And then... You don't have to be afraid that you'll fall ill or get this illness or that illness or whatever it is. I see that uh, our time has ended. So uh, I take my leave of you just to remind you that uh, tomorrow's broadcast will be at one o'clock, which is the Friday sermon on Saturday, inshallah, we will have our first, uh, sorry, at two o'clock, our Urdu broadcast uh, um, on pure discussions, which is a forum on WhatsApp. And then uh, uh, on Monday, we'll have our first go at trying to explain the next verse of the Holy Quran. So with the prayer that uh, regardless of your uh, uh, religion, sect, nationality, color, caste, creed, may Allah keep the whole humanity under his wing and protect them from harm. Until we meet again, Assalamu Alaikum, Khuda Hafiz and goodbye.